Jan Scruggs here, founder of the National Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. And uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. I'm overwhelmed, really, to be here because I am with Rusty Humphreys, one of the great thinkers and comedians of our time. And uh, he just has had this life filled with challenges, his share of tragedies. But you know what? When you get kicked down in football, you got to jump right back in that. Right That's there. right. That's right. Fight. And, uh, and I got. So, I don't want to interrupt you, Jay, but I don't know what you're talking about. You being honored. I mean, I'm just some ex-talk show host. I mean, you're a guy that actually accomplished stuff that's that's historical. I mean, what you've done has inspired so many, so many, so many millions upon millions of people. I just, I don't even know why you're calling me, but hey, I appreciate it. Well, you know, you've had an interesting life. I think you have something to share with the people who who listen to this little podcast, and it's all good. One thing I want to focus on is, uh, you know, th- there's a reason that Rusty has a interest in the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, and uh, why don't you tell tell us what how the Vietnam affected your family? Uh, January 26th, 1969, uh, three days before my mother's 24th birthday, Mm. I was two. Uh, my father, uh, Captain Gary D. Humphreys was killed in action. Um, I still have, I don't believe this has ever been opened since his funeral, um, in 1969. I think this is the original bag. Mm-hmm. Although I've been planning on putting it in something, I sent away in 2020 for his medals. Um, <laughs> I got a letter in 2023, September, <laughs> saying the medals are on the way. This is now um, February 2024, still waiting yeah. on them. So I guess that's government in action, huh? They're, uh, yeah, they, they do the best they can. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so my father was killed in Vietnam and it was, it was very, um, important to me. I will tell you that the wall was something that my grandmother, uh, she never saw it in person, but she had paintings of it on her wall. She of course never got over my father's death. And, um, that wall was something that, that she told me about when I was very young and um so it's been a big part of my life as long as i can remember when was the wall built it was actually dedicated in uh, november 1982 okay and we started the effort in may uh 1979 so a record uh speed so <laughs> government can act very quickly and we got very lucky with a lot of great people helping us uh now i recently uh friend of mine died, uh, Bob Edwards, National Public Radio, very interesting fellow, a little bit of a lefty, you know, but a very fine fellow. And uh, he was drafted, went, and uh, he was from Kentucky, and they took him to the firing range. He put all the bullets right right through the middle. He said, I understand Kentucky windage, but I've not fired a firearm since then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, we all have our crazy hobbies. So... Have you ever met a serial killer? I have met two. Thanks for asking. (laughs) 
Um, Your yes. I, I think the 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 interesting one was when I was it was not much after my father died. We moved to <laughs> Seattle area, and uh, there was this family we used to go to and and i'm like three and there was this old guy that lived next door when i mean old he's like in high school right i mean that's old when you're three <laughs> and this old guy named teddy um we'd play basketball with him every sunday and he'd pick me up and throw me the ball teddy throw me the ball he was really nice and then fast forward now and i'm in high school and my mom goes remember uh remember teddy yeah whatever happened to that guy Oh, he's in the news. Yeah, Teddy Bundy. So, yeah, so Ted Bundy taught me how to play basketball, but I did learn a killer hook shot, so I got that going for me. Uh (laughs) And and then uh, the Green River Killer lived uh, a mile and two-tenths from my house. Um, What kind of victims did he pick? 71 uh, women, uh, mostly uh, prostitutes on the street. There was a major thoroughfare near my house. And uh, it took him 20 years to catch him. He took a like a 10 year break in the middle. And so it took a long time. It was a, that was a tough one. Yeah. So um, fortunately it didn't have, uh, I, I have not picked up any uh, serial killer tendencies. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> live and let live. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, you were worked under one of the great masters, Rush Limbaugh in the world of radio. This I guy, you may disagree with him, but he bought some humor. He could modulate his voice to, to make things come alive across the globe. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, Rush was, Ray, Rush was the best, fun, yeah. you know, with his talent on loan from God. Yes. Um, we, we had a very interesting uh, dynamic. I was on an FM station in New York, and he was on the AM and at first, everybody thought that we were playing a joke on him because when he was a kid, his name was Rusty. And so everybody thought that we were related, that maybe he was being my dad. Sure. And so so we thought that was pretty funny. And he was sitting around doing a Howard Cosell impression. I go, Rush, you need to do more funny stuff. That's really good. Yeah. Young man, what would I do? I don't even know what I would do to be more funny. Yeah. Okay. I just did this song. It was called, uh, it was before the first Gulf War. It was called Bomberack. Bomb, 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 bomberack. So yeah. I said, play the song. How would I even introduce it? Yeah. Say it's the Rush Limbaugh singers. I don't care. So he yeah. puts it on, he plays it, and he gets this incredible response. And then the next day, what else can you do? What else can you do? Uh, I go, I do a stupid Mike Tyson impression. Let me hear it. Um, come on, Mr. Limbo, let me kick them by. Come on, Mr. Limbo. The other phone, call me, call me, call me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the former heavyweight chairman of the world, Mike Tyson, on the Rush Limbaugh show. Hello, Mr. Limbo. I'm very sorry I'm tardy. I was driving down the street. I saw the sign that said clean restroom the head. I'm up to clean about 150 of them. So he was laughing. He waved me over. He gave me a thousand dollars for that phone call. Keep them yeah. coming, young man. Keep them coming. And so we uh, worked together for years after that. Yeah. So, I mean, you are, according to the internet, which is never incorrect, you are also known as a comedian and you do funny things. And I'm wondering, how did the town of truth or consequences get its name? I've always wondered that. I have. Truth or consequences got its name. It was, uh, I actually went there and and, uh, spent some time there. It's actually, it was Hot Springs, New Mexico. And the TV show Ralph Edwards hosted back in the day, uh, had a, he, Ralph Edwards was a game show host. And he had a show called Truth or Consequences, and they gave a prize to any town that was dumb enough 
to change their name to the game show uh, name. And so they, right. So they called it truth or consequences, New Mexico. And for years they did a big Ralph Edwards parade and stars would come in and hang out. And, but it's got some of the best natural hot springs of anywhere in the world. So it's, uh, it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And what about your current sort of employment, helping people make sales presentations, walking into an environment and taking charge of that environment to achieve an objective of some type? Well, you you know, I mean, what I do now, you know, I did radio for a long time and just the radio industry has changed. It's moved online. Guys like you are doing great shows. And so just people aren't listening to the radio as much. And so um, I found there was a need for people um, who wanted to do podcasts or they wanted to give uh, speeches. They wanted to be better communicators. And so I go in and I I coach them. I work with people and try to help make them uh, be better uh, online and, and things like that. I'm not as interesting. I want to talk. I saw the other day I'm going through YouTube, Jan, you got a movie made on you. I, I saw part of it. I wanted to see the rest of it. I forgot the name and I couldn't find it again. Yeah. I was pl- I was played by Eric Roberts. How cool is that? I don't even know Eric Roberts. That's how cool you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a uh, yeah, great adventure. It came out in 1988, I think. And uh, yeah, it was kind of the Jan Scruggs story. I, saw, I know. I saw the beginning and you're really mad at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, mad, and that, I didn't get to the good part yet. So what's it called? I need to go see that. I want to f- watch the rest of it. To Heal a Nation. To Heal a Nation. All right. And NBC, you like NBC. Yes, NBC Movie of the Week, and you can see it for free on uh, on the internet. So oh. if so, you're okay. Sometimes they do movies, and you go, that's not that's not the movie I wanted to see. Did they do a good yeah. job? You think they 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 covered your life well? Yeah, I'll give them uh, an eight out of ten. You know, they, they had to change certain events that were historical and interesting, but didn't weren't very good for the show. Was it because they had to move it along a little bit faster? They yeah, yeah. See, this is not a, not a documentary. This is a made-for-TV movie with actors and actresses, and sometimes they make up parts of the script when they're at their best just relying on their brain power they so. just didn't get a, a good enough looking actor to play you they i mean tom, our friend tom Selleck would have been a better choice if you ask me not that eric roberts was bad but i just want somebody that looked like you yeah Selleck, he's a nice guy i spent some time with him and uh he came to washington for, to help with this with the fred fred smith of federal express and some other people who were trying to get photographs of everyone who died in vietnam oh wow and, you know, we actually did it. Really? I, I left the Vietnam Memorial Fund in 2015. And uh, there was this, you know, we after five years, we had got like one third of the names. There's this little woman in Maui. She's about four foot ten, real tiny. She says, well, I think I can do this because, you know, I do things and I set goals and objectives. And I said, well, why don't you go right ahead there and give you some books and sign something. And two, three years later, she got all 58,000 photographs. Wow. wow. <laughs> and then Janet Hone, she's a florist in on Maui. <laughs> wow. 
I mean, it's yeah. such an important thing. And I mean, there's so many people that have been you know, forgotten or I know a lot of people that, I mean, I was blessed. I was able to talk about the wall and my father. So there was a lot of people that would go to the wall and not have anybody. And so I would always encourage them. Um, panel 54 W line 84. Yeah. Gary D Humphreys. You've got somebody to go find. Yes. And, yeah. and that was great. And I'll tell you something else that I've been blessed with. Um, people coming out of the woodwork who knew my father again, I didn't know him. He, he was killed when I was two. And so all of these wonderful men that were in Vietnam or trained with him in um, Fort Knox or things like that have reached out and told me as many stories as possible. I I talked to a a gentleman uh, who's a a very big attorney in California, and he said, um, the day your father died, he got a Polaroid camera. he, He took a picture of me. And then he said, hey, man, take a picture of me so I can send it home. said, I took the picture of your father. Our base came under attack. My father was a Cobra pilot. Oh, he said, cool. he, and it was in a place called Dao Tiang. And he said that they ran outside because they the base came under attack. And he said, your father was probably dead before the Polaroid picture was fully developed. Mm, wow. Uh, and I know exactly what picture he's talking about. That's uh-huh. what you think. Cause we didn't know, we didn't know for 20 years what had happened to him and being nosy. Like I am, I kind of investigated my own father and met the guys that he was with and um, small arms fire or explosions or what it was a, um, a rocket. From what I understand, there was a, a rubber plant. Yeah. Something like that. There was a, uh, Looked like a bazooka thing. Yeah. Probably. I'm not sure. They um there was a, a base that was a rubber plant owned by the a certain government that's not the Americans that would like French toast. Um, French fries. <laughs> and French fries. fries. I, exactly. I guess from what I understand, the VC worked there in the daytime. And when they'd see the cobras fly out or fly in, they would fire a lot. And from what I was told, uh, guys would sit out with lawn chairs and wait for the fireworks to come in. I remember talking to the, the colonel who was or the major who was in charge that please tell me my father did not get killed watching the fireworks come in. It's like, no, it wasn't anything like that. So that was good. Yeah, well, there's a long tradition in, in Vietnam of uh, infiltrating the enemy's headquarters. So all these Vietnamese barbers, almost all of them were trained by the Viet Cong. Really? They, yeah, they'd bring weed and some good marijuana, and you'd become your, your best friends. And they just want to see where all all the munitions were stored and our state of resi- readiness. But uh, more than a few few barbers were uh, Vietnamese barbers were Viet Cong barbers. And did you have any idea then? Did you deal with them? Uh, I kind of thought, yeah, yeah, that was kind of a lot of people said this guy's probably with the VC, but I I was pretty sure he was uh, the VC. And uh, anyway, (laughs) rest in peace. He didn't tell you how we found out. Yeah. Went out and they set up this thing to, you know, ambush random areas. Here comes a barber carrying AK 47. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
Can, yeah. can I ask you a question? I know again, you're the interviewer, but yeah. I just want, I mean, you have had so many accolades and people come up to you all the time and you've done this for decades and decades and decades. Does it get old hearing the stories? Are you tired of talking about Vietnam or is it still something that's in you and you have to, well, like the movie said, heal a nation. How do you feel about it? I, uh, it was a unique and very divisive part of American history and, uh, studying it and how we ended up there, why we thought we could prevail. You know, it's very difficult to prevail against a country that has shares a border with China, with a billion people. I mean, even if we, we had beaten them worse, eventually the Chinese would have given them enough munitions. It was never going to turn out right. But I've been very ni nicely, uh, got a lot of appreciation from a lot of people. And uh, I pissed a lot of people off getting this thing built. And well, yes. why were people mad about that? Uh, kind of, you know, the little infantry corporals not supposed to do big things, I guess. I don't know. Mm, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't part of the problem. It was black. Wasn't that one of the issues at first that it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, black is uh, black is beautiful. And the black granite is what gives it the power. This You look into that and you see Rusty Humphreys. You see yourself in right. the, you know, so. But they didn't know that when you, before you built it, they just thought, oh, here's some dark thing. And it was, wasn't going to fit, right? I, I kind of remember some kind of arguments like that. Yeah, Mylin was a very good neg negotiator. And she demanded, she says, it's got to be this black granite from India because I've seen it. You can see yourself in it. And when the soldiers come and see the, you know, the, the people on the wall are alphabetized by day. Mm -hmm. When they see those, those names together, they will see their own reflection. And this will help the veteran to heal his wounds. And it's happened many times with some frequency. I, I met people who said, you know what? I had PTSD, but after I visited the wall, I'm okay. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, it doesn't happen that often, but uh, it's a very powerful architectural device. And so, so for you or, though, when you hear all these stuff, you, you know, me praising you and all stuff, I mean, does it probably never gets old hat, but you, I don't even know how you answer that in the proper way, but I mean, how, I don't know how many ceremonies you've been to. I mean, it's, you've done a lot. How yeah. does it feel for you? I, you know, again, I, I should be interviewing you. You're far more important than me. So how does it feel for you, the guy that did all this? I've been, uh, I've been beaten up pretty severely <laughs> over the Vietnam Veterans Memorial and all of this stuff. I almost, I was so stressed out in 2017. It was the 35th anniversary of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. I got out of bed, and 32 days later, I woke up from being in a coma. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Washington Post were, were a very in-depth, in-depth story about it, and uh, so did I. Yeah, I just you just don't even. Do, what happened to you? It was endocarditis. 
I guess it's a disease I got when I was a uh, rheumatic fever when I was a kid oh. and uh, too much stress for some reason at that to- time in my life. That was that was enough. Brought it back, and they wanted to put they wanted to pull off the life support after a few days. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So uh, anyway, my uh, my wife and other people intervened and said, "I just give them another 24 Okay, hours. so your wife wanted you on the life support. Let's just get that clear. <laughs> no. get, him, get him off. Pull that plug. <laughs> no, that's not what that was. Okay, good. <laughs> no, she's great. So, uh, but I've had a lot of stress, a lot of uh, unpleasant situations. I just don't understand. I mean, coming from a a gold star son who this wall has meant a great deal to me my entire life. Well, I mean, it came out in 82, so I would have been in high school when it came out, but you certainly talked about it. Um, I can understand before it went up that, okay, it's going to be a wall. It's black with a bunch of names in DC. Okay, I can get people not getting it. But then once you did it, there still was controversy? Uh, just more people want to get even with me for building it. <laughs> I, 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 that, I, mean, I never, don't understand. I, I don't I understand that from, one bit. Yeah. Uh, f- former employees who, you know, feel that they don't get enough, cre- they didn't get enough credit. Uh, the memorial is also... Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of funding associated with the memorial. It's, you know, well, that wasn't cheap. That's right. And, but now it, it creates a lot of funding. Hmm. So, okay. Other people are in charge of it. Uh, I wave goodbye. Have a nice day. I'm done. <laughs> right. I, I, I get that. And I'm not trying to bring anything. I, I'm not trying to bring anything negative. I, my, oh, no, my, no, my no, point was fine. to, was to say what that, wall has done for the vietnam veterans uh, you know i was able to and i don't know how, how do you feel about the moving vietnam walls do you like that or do you wish it was just that one in dc yeah, the more the merrier okay you know, we didn't have any we never took a copyright or patent out on the vietnam wall which is what we should have done at the time mm-hmm. uh, and uh there are currently, I think, five or six in the United States. There have been o- over two dozen. There's a guy in Texas. You can buy a full-scale or three-quarter scale replica. He will put it to, so it hits the sun at the same you know temperature and the same days and all this sort of thing. Huh. So it's it's all good. Okay, because I I only bring it up because I was honored to be able to bring one of those moving walls to Reno yeah. when I was there, and there were all these people that could not go to DC ever. Yeah. And they got the yeah. chance to see that wall and see somebody that they knew their name. Yeah. And it's just done so many wonderful things. Not just the the moving wall wouldn't happen had you not done what you did. So yeah. to me, it's all, it's all so important and it did help heal the nation. And yeah. it does give us something to say thank you for, because, you know, when I was growing, I'll tell you, this happened to me. When I was in elementary school, I had teachers tell me my daddy was a baby killer. Oh, jeez. You know? And and, and uh, that's pretty tough for a, a first grader. Yeah. 
Um, we don't have that anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond belief. But uh, no, it's good. And uh, it's a great tribute to Maya Lin that this memorial has been so accepted by the American public. You know, we, we are hoping that for the best. We weren't sure, you know, this was really going to work or not. <laughs> well, it was so it was so different, right? I mean, now we think of it, it's different. just kind of that's the way it is. But it was all statues and and yeah, Jefferson Memorial stuff. Yeah. And ultimately, that's how we took care of the controversy. We agreed to have the statue of the three three fighting men. We had that there in, in Washington, D.C., beautiful statue. Then there's the Vietnam Nurses or the Vietnam Women's Memorial. I mean, it's really a fantastic place. Five and a half million people a year go go to visit it. I, I go there as a volunteer guide. I meet people from all over the world for whom a visit to Washington is, you have to see the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Absolutely. There's a bunch of people from Argentina or Italy or, you know, some exotic country like that. They're saying, wow, you Americans really know what you're doing. Yeah, of course, yeah, we're, we're excellent. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you my favorite way to visit the wall, and I wonder what you think. At night. Ooh, when yeah. it's dark and there's nobody there and you're hoping that you're not going to get mugged, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, it's a completely different feeling. It's it's quiet and it's dark and yeah. it's there's nothing else. I mean, you can see the the Lincoln Memorial. I've been there a while, but the Lincoln Memorial yeah. there. But there's nothing like walking to that thing at night, right? You're right. It's beautiful, a beautiful experience, and I really like it when there's a full moon out too. Oh. It's really orange moon. You got all three monuments at the same time. It's really photographer's uh, dream. But uh, good, good. Do you live near there? How often do you go to the wall? The walls in in Washington, D.C. I live in Annapolis, Maryland, where the U.S. Naval Academy was. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, I get, I try to get there once a week or so for a few hours and just kind of mingle with people so you're not tired of going you still like going it still means something to yeah you. yeah I'm you're like not the, jaded the interaction no and, and I, okay I, I give i give speeches to two cool school groups as well you know about the american spirit and you know we should all be patriotic and care about our country and, and take great pride in it being americans they don't hear that in school i was gonna say that's not something taught anymore is it yeah the, the teachers say Wow, that's really a powerful message you have there. <laughs> that or how dare you stop talking that way? Yeah, that's it. We're a bunch of creeps. <laughs> yeah, that that's anything. What what is something? I'm taking over your interview. I'm sorry, we're almost running out of time here. Um, what is something about the wall that you know that most people don't? That's pretty cool. The names on the wall are are by date of death. But they're also in alphabetical order. So if 10 guys were killed, they put them in alphabetical order mm-hmm. on the wall. The most interesting thing that was ever left at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, of which there are over 500,000 items. Wow. There's no precedent for that. None. Mm-mm. So uh, this guy left... A picture, this a picture of a North Vietnamese soldier holding this little 
little baby on his on his on his knee. The guy gets in a fight with an American soldier. He hesitates, but the American soldier doesn't hesitate. He goes boop with his M16 and kills this guy. And he finds the picture of this little girl with her father he killed. And he's he's tortured by it. So he contacted me and he told me the story. And and I said, look, why don't you talk to the Vietnamese embassy here in Washington? You know, they'll probably help. And they put it in, it turns out the guy was from Hanoi, Hanoi, Vietnam. And uh, he met the whole family and took them out to lunch. And this is the only way he could heal from that. But he did heal. Yeah. So it's good. And I like uh, in there, the many ways that they describe you, you're a defender of patriotism and a believer in the U.S. Constitution. That's a good start right there. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I hope they uh, start reading that, that document again soon in D.C. It'd be nice <laughs> if they did. Good. Well, it's a real pleasure. I'm very honored. And uh, you have my permission to do anything you'd like to with this. Okay. Well, I'll start uh, taking off some clothes. If there's anything, I can do anything. I... Yeah. <laughs> no, thank, thank you, uh, Jan. And again, thank you for everything you've done. You, you've, you've always been so kind to me. And uh, you, you introduced me. I got to hang out with Tom Selleck because of you. <laughs> and that's where I met Tucker Carlson at a fundraiser. And um, you've been an important part of my life. I brag about you a lot. And it's been a long time since we've talked. And thank you for reaching out to me. It means a lot. Hey, well, thanks for all your help and all the good things you do. Keep, keep up the good work. A lot of people need to be motivated and inspired by people like you. Thank you. God bless America. God bless America. Yeah, that's right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>